once again greetings in Jesus name I say greetings in Jesus the matchless name there's no comparison with the person of Christ not before not today and never will be Jesus is exclusive he stands above he is beyond the entire universe not even heaven and earth can contain him he created the world but creation cannot contain him he is the sovereign one greetings in jesus name i'm kevin williams from death postponed ministries with my talk ancient principles from the bible for today's problems it's the objective of death postponed ministries to share the gospel of Jesus Christ as the only hope as the only sure foundation that our world at this moment desire my theme for your consideration blamelessness before God in a sinful world I say God has the power by his fire to make us blameless in the presence of God to make us from unrighteousness to righteousness because we are called the holiness of the Lord once again my motivation for preaching is the Word of God Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 for the Word of God is I say the Word of God was yesterday the Word of God won't be today but the Word of God will endure even when heaven and earth will comes to an end the Word of God will Un, will endure unabatedly nothing will stop it it is it is majestic in its power it caused the world to be existing it is it called the world into existence and the same word that calls the universe the galaxies space deep space the planets heaven and earth into existence will sustain our world I say I am motivated to speak the word of God Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 again says for the word of God God is my sure foundation in sinking sand not to take me down but to take me up not to have a nose guard but to have a skydive by the power of God the Holy Spirit for the word of God is one it is alive and powerful two suffer than any double-edged sword three it penetrates even to the dividing four it cuts through the soul and spirit five it goes through the joints and marrow six it judges the thoughts seven and the attitudes of the heart so they can look presentable but the Bible says that God has rejected them in our world today because God doesn't look as man sees but God sees the heart so what's imperative, what is necessary, is that consuming fire of God must purify me, must make me holy under level and the standards that God has ordained, God has approved, and God will accept. No, no strange fire will be allowed in our world. It needs to be God, the Holy Spirit, the consuming fire from God. 2 Timothy 3.16 is complementary to Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. And listen to what it says. All scriptures, not just the old but the new, not just the new but the old. It is one 
comprehensive love letter from God for you and for me. Remember, it is, it is approved and sealed by God the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. What is the benefit? There are four benefits of God's word for you and for me. One, it is God's breath. It means it is God-ordained, God-approved, God-sealed, and it will never come to an end. What, what the word of God has envisioned will multiply and will manifest. One, it is useful for teaching. B, it is useful for rebuking. C, it is useful for correcting. And D, God's word is useful for training in righteousness. Today we're going to emphasize it is the fire of God that is, that is, that is has this objective to purify the identified, the anointed, the approved of God to stand blameless in a sinful world. I want to give you a background to what I believe it is currently happening in our world. One, COVID-19 was the deliberate atmospheric attack to place the global populace in mental bondage. There is a greater mental strain. There is a greater mental sickness in our world today, even before 2020. Two, fear and anxiety presented themselves as a Goliath to subject people everywhere as prisoners of war. Three, COVID-19 has unleashed the pandemic of fear and as a result enslaved billions and billions of people to the point of mental paralysis. There is panic, there is fear, there is stress, there's anxiety that can kill you and it can kill me. For the gospel of Christ is the only antidote against fear, against panic, against anxiety, against stress and against worry. Five, the peace coming from Christ represents the epistle to the Philippians. Listen to God's majestic, clarified word that in the midst of stress, in the midst of panic, in the midst of fear, in the midst of stress, in the midst of all these mental ailments and disease, comes the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I want to read Philippians 4-7. When we associate with Jesus Christ. We receive the promises, divine promises, does not fluctuate. It is static, it is stable, and it is coming from God because it is God Himself. God spoke the world into existence by the power of His Word. Let's listen to Philippians 4 7. Uh, as per the antidote for the culture and climate of fear. Mental paralysis, anxiety, panic, stress, and worry. Philippians 4 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will God, one, your hearts, two, your minds, three, in Christ Jesus. So, what is the divine benefit for being in Christ? So, the function of the gospel is to create peace in the midst of panic. To, to create peace in the midst of pain, to create peace in the midst of a storm. Now what the peace of God does, 
because we are in the culture, in the climate of a mental paralysis that wants to paralyze you mentally. It gives you panic, fear, anxiety, and stress. The gospel of Jesus wants to transcend you. It wants to transcend the human spirit against the forces of darkness that desire to pull us into the dark abyss. The gospel of Jesus Christ has the power to pull us from, from desperateness, from uh, anxiety or fear that may paralyze you and me. The gospel of Christ works against mental disease by guarding our hearts and our minds collectively. Remember when the woman was, was healed with the issue of blood, the Bible says, and Jesus says, go in peace. Not only is Jesus in the business to, to cure us physically, but he wants to cure us emotionally. He wants to, he wants to prevent that the mental warfare on the hearts of women everywhere stopped. Jesus is the antidote for this paralysis of anxiety, this paralysis of panic, this paralysis of anxiety. Jesus is able and capable. Why? He defeated death, the grave, and life itself. So the gospel of Jesus transcends us our human spirit above that which pulls us down. The antidote for the COVID pandemic times is to be in Christ, the hope of the world. If you want to overcome what is happening, what is paralyzing you and me, I want you to be in Christ, the hope of the world. Intentional, deliberate association with Jesus will transcend us from downstairs, upstairs, and God's Holy Spirit will cover your hearts and minds. Today we review our investigation of the Hebrew word Lord as Yahweh in Psalm 21 verse 2. 1. The word Lord is the 20th word in Psalm 21 verse 2. Point 2. The word Lord is the translation in the English language from the Hebrew word Yahweh. 3. Yahweh is God's personal name and is used in, in the context of God having and God wanting fellowship, relationship. God wants to be our father. God wants to be your husband. God wants to be your brother. God wants to be in relationship with you and in relationship with me. Four, when God goes on creating humanity, it is the objective of Yahweh to have fellowship and relationship with you. Yahweh does the act. When the Lord is personally involved with his people, Yahweh is the proper way to designate him the creator of heaven and earth. Point five. In our English Bibles, Yahweh is translated as the Lord with capital letters. So whenever you see the word the Lord capitalized, it represents the Hebrew name of Yahweh. Six, Yahweh is the personal and the promised name of God. 
Not only will God reveal himself personally, but it is also indicative of the promises of God. What is that? I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. I will go before you in a pillar of cloud and at night. I will come down in a pillar of fire. I will be your appointment. I will be your guide. I will be your protector. I will be your preserver. I will be with you. I will redeem you with my love, my loving kindness, and yours forever. Seven, the name Yahweh consisting of the sequence of consonants, Yahweh, Bahweh, is known as the sacred tetragrammaton. Eight, the value of the name of Yahweh has a value of 26. Now remember, Genesis 126, and God says, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. It means Yahweh is the one who brought Adam into existence by his deliberateness, by his own intention, by his own will. So humans, we do not exist to please others. First and foremost, we exist. To, 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 to bring joy to God, because we are the creation of the Lord. So my first point of departure as a person is to worship and to glorify the person of Christ, who is known in our world as Jesus, the Son of God. Point nine, Yahweh also, also is known as Hashem, or the name or the tetragrammaton, the four-letter name, meaning, now listen to this, the, the name Yahweh means the existing one, God exists, even though I cannot see him with the naked eye. So, so don't go for idols, don't go for what you can see, the one who exists before the foundations of the world is the existing one, even if we cannot see him. Faith calls God into our reality. Point A. I want to investigate the, 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 the definition of the name Yahweh. Point A. Yahweh initiates contact. Exodus chapter 3, today for our investigation. One, the name Yahweh, it's important for you to note, it means the following. A. He who is self-existing. Now what we see, the mountains, the oceans, the fauna and flora, people and animals alike, there was nothing before, and Yahweh, Jesus Christ, called these into existence. So nothing exists by itself, but it was called into existence by Christ, the God of the universe. Yahweh. As for Psalm 121 verse 2, my help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. So Yahweh is the self-existing one. Yahweh is the self-sufficient one. Now, now this means that God don't need you and me. The sun and the moon cannot continue to exist if they go independent. For me to have overcome blood cancer, I deliberately, in the midst of my disease, call on the person of Christ. He exists. He is self-sufficient. And he's the one that is alive. He's the living God. Even though we cannot see him, he exists 
unabatedly, he is eternal, and he will draw from generation to generation. There was never a time that Jesus, now remember when I say Jesus, it is a manifestation of a man that came into a world, but he who caused the, 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 the physicality to exist, existed before humanity existed itself. Point two, the name Yahweh or the Lord specify the presence in and above the entire universe. Our God is present although the world cannot contain him. Point A, God is everywhere present. God is both local and global at the same time. He is here, there, and everywhere. I want you to know that Jesus Christ is in our world today. It's a life and wealth. Call upon the name of Jesus and you shall be saved. God is accessible and available irrespective of what may happen in our world today. If you, are, if you feel down and you think you are nothing, I want you to know that Jesus Christ is accessible and available on your call. Call upon the name of Jesus and you will not go down but go up. You will not have a nosedive, but you will have a sure skydive. Three, he is near to those who call on him for deliverance. Creator is protector. Creator is deliverer. Creator is the savior of the world. Remember, we are his creation, and God will do anything in his power with my permission. Lord, deliver me. Lord, purify me. Lord, cleanse me. He's near to those who call on him for deliverance. He's the only one that can give us forgiveness. He offers forgiveness and give guidance as per Psalm 37, verse 23, the steps of the righteous are governed by the Lord. Let us have a background check on Exodus chapter 3. Background. Point 3. In Exodus chapter 3, 1 and 2, Moses the prince of Egypt, now a shepherd boy in a foreign country, as a foreigner in Midian. In, in Midian. Moses now a foreigner and in a foreign land, he, he left his position of royalty. He is now very low as a shepherd boy. He is shepherding the flock in Midian, the Midian desert. Moses was grazing his cattle at Mount Horeb called the mountain of God. One moment we can be upstairs, the next we are downstairs. But when we are downstairs, God does not abandon, but God invites. Because He will purify you, He will sanctify you, and He will set you apart for His purposes. And when God calls you, and God anoints you, and God purifies you, we become unstoppable because God will be a pillar of cloud by day. He will be a pillar of fire by night. I say, in the midst of a sinful world, the fire of God calls us to blamelessness before God. Point four. Yahweh is the universal God. I want you to know there are many other gods, and they are idols. And behind the, the statue, behind the pictures, is demons calling you to astray. 
So don't go for idols. Don't go for demons. Don't go for statues. Go for the self-existing one, Yahweh, the Lord, and Savior Jesus Christ. Yahweh is the universal God, and, and listen to this. You know our GPS location. You know where you at this moment. You know where you was yesterday, and you knows where we will be tomorrow. So, so God knows where we are. Our location, irrespective of time, space, and matter, is is in real time before His presence. Let me explain. A Second Chronicles sixteen verse nine. For the eyes of the Lord reigns throughout the earth. B. Moses fled and found himself as a foreigner in a foreign land. Exodus 2.14. But what happens? God appeared and God invites him. God takes us from our nowhere goingness into directing us to go somewhere. From aimlessness into purposefulness. See, Exodus 3, verse 2, states the following. Listen to this. In a foreign country, in a, as a foreigner, God saw the royal man. God saw Moses. God wants to tell him that I am your designer, I am your maker, and, and the steps of the righteous are being governed by the Lord. So can I say that God has purposefully brought him into Midian in a desert place, and what is a desert place? It is a wilderness. There is nothing. If God don't come, then we will, be, we will remain obscure. But when God meets you in your bed and said, there will be life in your womb. There is life coming from the point of death. Remember the chorus, little becomes smart so when we place it in the master's hand. See, Exodus 3.2 states, and the angel of the Lord appeared, self-revelation, unto Moses in a flame of fire. When the world abandons you, God comes towards you. He did not come to condemn, but to redeem. He did not come to reject, but to receive. He's not going to take you downstairs further, no. He's come, he who came from upstairs, downstairs, in order to take those who are downstairs, upstairs. So God came to Moses in a flame of fire. Represent God's holiness revealed out of the midst of a bush. And Moses looked and beheld, meaning Moses kept on staring, Moses kept on looking. His mind was taken captive. That is the purpose of the gospel. It wants to transform and renew our minds. What happens? What he saw? This phenomenon. A, 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 a fire burning but the tree or the or the bush was not being destroyed and moses looked and beheld he kept on staring at this phenomenon and the bush was not consumed what is this it's a prediction of god the holy spirit as a living fire in us without we being consumed 
I am possessed by God the Holy Spirit. You are possessed by God the Holy Spirit. If you believe in the person of Christ. Because the Holy Spirit is the seal of God's approval of you and for me. That we are children of God. Point D. This contact with Moses by Yahweh reveals God's character uh, as creator calling creation into fellowship. This initiative to make contact with humanity introduces God's eternal desire, meeting God's ambassadors to impact our world on God's behalf. So, so Moses was deliberately and intentionally met in a wilderness, met in a desert place, met at, as a shepherd, although God knows. The world may see a shepherd boy, but God sees a king. E, example of God's intentional and deliberateness is shall revelation to his people. 1. Genesis 3, verse 9. And the Lord God called unto Adam, where are you? Since the beginning of man, God, God engages God is not waiting for us to respond. God responds first. God comes first and invites you into fellowship. Point two, Genesis 4 verse 9, And the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother? So God is concerned with climbing our world. God is not absent. God knows everything. So when we see what happens, call on to God for safety. He is our safety net in the midst of death and storm. Point three. Genesis chapter 1, chapter 7, verse 1. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the, into the ark. God knows destruction is coming, but God has provided safety before the storm. God will provide safety during the storm, and God will be our protector even after the storm. So call upon the name of Jesus and God will put you in his ark. The ark of God today is Jesus. No one else but Christ, the Savior of the world. Genesis chapter 12, verse 7, And the Lord appeared unto Abraham. God has, has met with Adam, with Noah, with Abram, with David, with Moses. God is even today seeking fellowship with you. Point five. The visiting people represents God's desire as revealed in Exodus chapter 6 verse 3. Visiting people. God is always from the foundation of man seeking after man. Listen to what Exodus chapter 6 verse 3 says. Now this is, this is Al-Sadai, this is the almighty God that speaks to Moses. I appeared unto Abraham. I appeared unto Isaac. I appeared unto Jacob as almighty God, but by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself fully known to them. So they, they knew God as the creator of the world, as Elohim. But unto Moses, God revealed his eternal existence as he revealed himself independently, unilaterally, and deliberately for a man. Why? God wants to have fellowship with you. 
46. Exodus chapter 3, verse 4. God called Moses unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. So when God calls you, the only positive response will be when you hear the Lord, he says, Moses, Moses, all I have to do is say, Lord, I am here. Use me. Lord, take me to where I've never been before under grace for Christ's sake. I am responding as I speak to you, as I share my pastoral meditation. I am reporting for duty. Lord, I am here. Use me. In 1 Samuel 3 verse 10, And the Lord came and stood and called, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. After the fourth time, Samuel responded and said, Here am I. As Moses, he says, Here am I. Point eight. When God calls a person's name twice, it represents that God is specific who he calls as spokesperson, as believer, on behalf of God. Secondly, when God calls your name twice, it represents that God has chosen the person as an ambassador of the kingdom. Remember, we are representing God's kingdom in our world today. Point nine. This double name emphasis, Samuel, Samuel, signifies the words pertaining to Jesus in Matthew chapter 22, verse 14. For many are called, but few are chosen. So when God says, Adam, Adam, Moses, Moses, or Samuel, Samuel, God wants to make it very clear. He doesn't call any other but the person identified. The person uh, not just identified, but he will be appointed and he will be anointed. There are so many people out in our world today. There are many false prophets. There are many false uh, uh, teachers and leaders calling people to Mental paralysis, dependency, anxiety, and fear. Jesus Christ is the good shepherd. He's the great shepherd. He's the eternal shepherd calling his sheep. And the Bible says, and my sheep will hear my voice. Point in. The double name calling represents the, that the individual is identified. He, has, he will be anointed and he will be appointed like Jesus calling the twelve disciples to follow him. Point B, perfection in the place of imperfection. So when God called Moses, God knew that he killed a person. God knew that he fled from Egypt into Midian. But God is going to, the perfection will meet imperfection. God will meet creation. The word of God will meet man. 1, General Exodus chapter 3 verse 2. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire. Point two, fire is the signature of God's ultimate perfection, of God's status quo holiness. Three, fire represents the nature of God's being. As per Hebrews chapter 12, 29, for our God is a consuming fire. Point four, examples of God being an eternal fire. I want to mention some examples that this is not new, it was always how God appeared unto those he called. One, 
Genesis 19, Sodom and Gomorrah destroyed by fire. Point two, Genesis 15, 17, when the, when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp passed between these pieces of sacrifice by Abraham. Three, First Kings 18.38 Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering presented by prophet Elijah. Four, Exodus 13.21 And the Lord led them by a pillar of fire by night. Point five. Two thousand years ago, this great phenomenon took place. Acts chapter two, three and four. The Holy Spirit at Pentecost. They saw tongues like flames of fire that separated and came to rest upon them. It is God's, it is God's plan for His, His presence as that of a fire to purify, to appoint, to anoint, and to use us to call the lost uh, to the gospel of Jesus Christ. They saw tongues like flames of fire, praise the name of Jesus, that separated and came to rest upon them. God is now uh, making perfect the imperfection. God is now making sacred what sin has destroyed. And they were all filled with God the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit are represented as fire from the book of Genesis right down to Revelation. Point C. God's fire in history. I want you to, to recommend that God's fire was always tangible, visible for those to believe. Why? God is existing. God wants to reveal himself for you and for me. So point six. So through out the word of God, we observe God's fire presence in the life of believers. You might ask me why. Point A. When God appears in a pillow of fire, in the fire of a burning bush, what's the purpose? One, to purify the earth from sin and its abomination, Sodom and Gomorrah. B. To seal the covenant with Abram, the higher with the lower. C. To be a light at night for direction. As per the words of Jesus in John 8.12, I am the light of the world. For D. To represent the holiness of God. Fire represents that God is holy. E. The trans the, to transform the unholiness of man in order for us to be holiness unto the Lord. Point F. To signify the presence of God with his people as per Exodus chapter 19 verse 18. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. So when the fire appears, when the fire presents itself, it is God rocking up, God revealing himself. He is the self-revealed one. When Mount Sinai was quicker and the earth and the earth and the earth shifted, Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. 
What's the principle? God calls the imperfection of our world and qualified the chosen by purifying the unrighteousness to be holy or holiness unto the Lord. I remind you of the hymn in my closing. The chorus that I'm going to uh, just read is, Let the fire fall on me. Lord, I would be wholly thine. I would do thy world divine. From the world and sin and self, I would be free. On the altar now I lie. And with all my heart I cry, Let the holy fire from heaven fall on me. Let the fire fall on me. Let the fire fall on me. The fire of Pentecost, consuming sin and dross, let the fire from heaven fall on me. I call your attention to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. I want to review what I shared with you today. My team, God calls us to blamelessness before him by the power of his fire, God the Holy Spirit. It's important for us in these days where sin is abounding that the God of perfection must purify us by his fire. So Yahweh initiated contact by calling the intention of Moses by fire. What's also important is that when Moses saw this phenomenon, he was drawn closer. It is, in, it is necessary that we draw closer to God and God will draw close to us. So God calls us from the point of imperfection to him who is the perfect one of the entire universe. Perfection in the place of imperfection. And then God's fire is always visible in history to purify the earth to seal his covenant with Abram, to be the light of the world, to be the light in, in nighttime. Jesus says, I'm the light of the world, to represent the holiness of God, to transform unholiness of man in order for us to be holy, to signify the presence of God with his people. I say, I haven't seen Jesus. But he cured me from blood cancer. He made his appearance. He purified me. What I called that the fire of Elijah burning me. I called the Holy Spirit. I'm cured for blood cancer by the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So God calls the imperfection and qualified the chosen by purifying the unrighteousness to be holy under the Lord. Lord, let your fire fall on me. Let the fire of Pentecost fall on me, consuming sin and dross. Let the holy fire from heaven fall on me. I call your attention to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 4 again. Without holiness, no one will see God. We cannot do as I please. We cannot live as we please. We are called to a higher authority that are being indwelled by God the Holy Spirit. This is Kevin Williams from Death Postponed Ministries with my talk, Ancient Principles from the Bible for Today's Problems. My theme again, blamelessness 
before God in a sinful world. The peace of the Lord be upon you. In Jesus' name, amen.